Yeah, did you guys uh, hear about all of the the? I guess it was millennials. It seems like it's usually millennials who this time or they were fussy Gen about Z. Or it might, yeah, maybe Gen Z. I don't know. Um, but anyway, yeah, there apparently apparently were some folks that were uh, nonplussed by the Super Bowl halftime show and its uh, cadre of vintage rappers, like Gen Gen X uh, performers. Yeah. Which, which uh, is funny because I, I thought it was great. Uh, I thought it was right. the best one in a long time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm solidly in their target demo, though. I thought it was. I thought. So this is funny. Allison's mother uh, posted something on Facebook about it. And her take was that she, she was like, I think it just met because she was like, a lot of people seem to be talking about this. She said, I think that it has to do with your age. She's like, my husband and I hated it they're in their 70s right and she's like my uh my daughter and son-in-law dug it and i think that my Grand, uh, grandchildren that my grandchildren were confused and i was <laughs> yeah. like i was like that's actually pretty accurate um, there was like a choreographed like prison garb dancing yeah sort of yeah. Mean, yeah there was there was a fair amount of cheese to go along with it as is sure well that's the super bowl super bowl mo yeah, yeah. Uh, but i mean the, the the talent and having them all together and yeah and that was it was a really L A centric despite Eminem being from Detroit but yeah. he was on <laughs> right well, he's, and he knows. keeps playing that same song that song came <laughs> it's out a like good tw- song it is like, it's it a, is great a great song, song but it came out like twenty years ago anyway point is I guess that was uh, the overall arcing uh, theme there but it was a uh, I thought it was um, you know I'm uh, I'm at the point now where it's like mostly I'm kind of bored by the idea of the Super Bowl, and uh, it's it's a little overhyped. Yeah. If I, anyway, just yeah, a little. The other thing that that seemed to be getting people all in a dander was um, that uh, uh, Fifty Cent apparently has put on a couple of pounds. Yeah. Was was he in? I've heard I, I guess I just re- don't know re- what he looks like. I've heard people re- referring to him like a buck ten now. <laughs> oh, no, no, nice. that's not great. It's like a dollar yeah. twenty five tree that's yeah. going on now. What was the What was the old Steve Martin joke? He's like, "What'd you pay to get in here? Five bucks." He's like, "It's a good investment." Sometimes I come out here, I do a five seventy five show. <laughs> so it's like, you may make well, a little break. We've got a lot of lot to talk about, fellas. It's true. And, uh, Super Bowl is just one of those things. So why don't we get into it? Uh, I'm Mark. I'm Ryan. I'm Kevin. And this is Somebody Likes It. Oh, well, we didn't talk about... um so I feel like it's almost a cliche for us to talk about uh, the death stuff, but there is there is a one in particular that I wanted to mention. Are you talking about Mr. Loaf? No, that is the untimely passing of Snacks the Cat, the Best Coast honorary third member. Oh, yes. Oh, man. Uh, so do, do tell. I yeah. didn't realize that. Yeah, so Best Coast, uh, 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 Bethany Cosentino has announced the passing of her beloved cat, Snacks. Indie Rock's favorite feline was 14 years young, goes the report. This is this this is my favorite part. And, you know, what, what website was this? This is Consequence of Sound. 
Uh, I always knew this day would come, but I hoped it never would. Cosentino wrote in an Instagram post, I said goodbye to my angel baby Snacks this afternoon. He was not just my cat. He belonged to all of you. He was the third member of this band, our mascot, our cover star, our merch king. He meant everything to me, and I'm going to miss him so much, but I know he will live forever by way of the legacy he created simply by being himself. Etc. Etc. I love you forever, snacks. Long live the king. So, anyway, first of all, can we just talk about like we don't have to talk about it, but I'm just going to go on the record as saying snacks is an excellent cat name. That is, is a good cat name. It's an excellent cat name. Down. Uh, but yeah, we've also lost Mr. Loaf, um, which some people took some Schadenfreude in, but uh, we won't get too much into that. But he uh, got a little cray toward, yeah. the, toward the end. But, yeah. but, you know, to be fair, like there is, there's probably some, there's, it seems like there's a universal rule and this usually happens with people who live to be a very old age. It's like you, they wake up one day and they're just like, I'm just going to say whatever pops into my head all the time. That is true. And maybe that's the sign that it's like, okay, wind it up, play it, play out the rest <laughs> of the scene. Uh, but yeah, we've got lost, uh, Louis Anderson, Bob Saget, uh, Ronnie uh. Spector. Uh, there've been a few. Uh, we haven't, we haven't recorded since, uh. Uh, Miss Betty White passed away. That is true. That's another one. Yeah, the, uh, and People Magazine. Yeah, that had already still, gone to press. Still put them out. Yeah, like, and they like for weeks. Yeah. Like, and I guess they're selling briskly. I was thinking about buying one because thinking it would be like one of those weird, like upside down plain postage stamps or something. That, yeah. You know, is yeah. anomalous there are only somehow. Eight million copies right. of it. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be rare. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, she, yeah, so, she was great. Uh, all right, R.I.P. to all of our lost friends, but. Uh, I guess we should, should we get to the item at hand? I reckon. Yeah. So, so here's the thing. Uh, we have been like, and I feel like, let me see if I can put this the right way. So, so we've been like the last couple of times we've gotten together, we've done like mixtape shows. And so there's usually kind of been a, you know, it's been a little bit of a highlight reel of things that we, that we, uh, bring to the table and, Typically of late, and I say this of late because we've not recorded that often, um, but I've been getting a lot of, oh, that totally sounds like a Kevin song. And and I get it. Like yeah. I'm going like I do I have some hallmarks, I think we all do, of the things that we certainly that we like. Um and this is uh one half of an act that Mark and I I don't know if we do we see them on an accident? Uh, at South by, uh, did they just not, happen to be playing? Not entirely. I mean, it was a, it was a polyvinyl showcase, I believe. Yeah. And, um, and I had heard something about them, but yeah, I mean, we just kind of dropped in. It's like that. howdy with two V's instead yeah. right. of a W. Yeah. 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 And inside at, um, what used to be Club DeVille or what? Uh, yeah. Cheer up Charlie's. Yeah. Cheer up Charlie's. So it actually was outside. Either way, the point was <laughs> somewhere near Cherub Charlie. Music was played. Music was played. So, uh, so a, a fairly cozy show, um, even if it was the outside version. And um, and it, it seems like of late, that band, of course, uh, Howdy's got a new record out, a semi-new record out, and it's been making, it's getting a lot of like uh, serious uh XM play of late. Well, yeah. If you, you search for this guy, like mostly stuff about his like main project comes up. Yeah, but anyway, this guy is Charlie Martin. We're gonna tonight. We're gonna talk about. Don't call him Chuck. 
Yeah, apparently. Uh, anyway, Charlie Martin, we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about his record, Imaginary People, which came out I guess about a year ago, and um, and I think that one of the things I thought was most telling about this album that was that uh, a it does totally sound like one of the guys from Howdy, yeah. but um, but beyond that was that it was recorded on an 1870s Steinway grand piano at his mother-in-law's house in Mississippi. And if that doesn't sound like, you know, yeah, that's, uh, that's a yarn that <clears throat> typically gets spun. That's bio gold. It is know. kind of bio gold. The piano in this album is fantastic. Oh, it sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. It really Incredible. sounds great. Anyway. So I, and I, and I, as is typically my want when, when one of these records comes together, especially if it's one that I'm, um, have brought to the fold, you know, I'll typically read up on some of the other things that, that others have said. And, and, um, I read something that really rubbed me the wrong way. And it was, uh, I, I, the, the source, I think it might've been, a um, uh, might've been KCRW in Seattle. I don't remember for sure, but somebody called it, uh, like easy listening, and I was like, I don't think it's that. No. It's no. Uh, it's contemplative, and sure. and uh, and it's no one would like. I mean, it is kind of a chill, like, chill. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, a little bit, you know, on the softer side of indie, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's but, still, still. I think the songwriting and the but yeah, the, the arrangements are pretty progressive. You know, it doesn't feel like soft rock or anything like that to me. No, no. The songs actually, each one, like, there's not a bad song on it. I will say that over the course of a record, I start to get a little sleepy. Oh, um, sure. Yeah. Because he's got a really soothing voice. Yeah. I mean, oh, and no, like any course. one of these songs would be great on a playlist. One of the things I, I liked a lot about this record that was kind of ancillary or however you say that. But um, if you let it run on Spotify past the end of the record, all these great indie rock bands come up that I've now discovered and yeah. like want to talk yeah. about at some yeah. point. Yeah. Like there's, I'm going to pick one of them for like an album at some point. Great. Uh, I don't think it's going to be the next one, but yeah. like I have a lit, you know, Wednesday, second grade level up, which is L V L up uh strange ranger partner, slow pulp. Like these are all really good. Bands. Slow pulp. I've brought, we've listened to before. Have we? Yeah. All right. Um, but awesome, awesome. Uh, but it's like this like, great yeah. playlist just came after it, and I was like, awesome. Yeah, yeah. The, I think the trick is, and and I'm speaking of Spotify and the non. Uh, well, and it might be my non- own personal algorithm interpretation or whatever. But yeah, yeah, go ahead. Well, no, I think I think the trick with Spotify sometimes is to goose the algorithm in such a in in the right way where it starts to like open these channels like share things with you that doors that i didn't know were there yep um like oh great band from Asheville. (laughs) i had no idea yeah yeah no well that's cool um mark your takeaways the songs blend together for me which is not a bad thing sure like i just it feels uh it's 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 very much an album that i enjoy listening to all the way through like i don't know i don't know how i feel about the songs as individual songs like like pulling them out and and listening to them although i did watch the video for i guess what's the the first single off this oh september, september. yeah um but but yeah i think um the storytelling is great um you know of course uh there's a lot of imaginary people 
that are yeah, portrayed it's literally in this album. named. Yeah, and and um, yeah, and the storytelling is just is is really good, and it really really draws you in. The only other thing I I probably need to get in. It seems as if uh, I don't know how old he would have been at the time because it was like two thousand one. But when Granddaddy opened for Elliot Smith on the Figure Eight tour, yeah, uh, like he saw that and went. Yes. So like all of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like his voice kind of sounds like Jason Lytle from Granddaddy, but oh, like, sure. yeah. you know, but it's like kind of that soft but intense indie thing that Elliot Smith was doing. And yeah, and I think his bio even mentions John Bryan, who like produced Elliot Smith. So, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me either. Um, it said as part of the stereo gum uh, coverage on this that. That he uses each song to sketch out a different character that adds up to an album that's populated by people that are quote trying to do their best. <laughs> so I was yeah. like, I was like, aren't we all? Yeah. Um, well, boy, but let's let's why don't we listen to one of these? Let's do why don't we do the single the first single? Let's listen to yeah. September. September. Okay. pausing to you know for us to go back on it was because i was looking up a word you want to see what it is winsome oh yeah generally pleasing and engaging often because of a childlike charm and innocence i don't know if it's childlike but like it's definitely pleasing and engaging well so the the thing about this track that i thought bears noting is that uh so like a lot of the a lot of the tracks here as we talked about are are these imaginary people? Yeah, this September's is not one of them. Not, it's yeah. not one of them. This is about his birthday. Yeah, September 1st. Yeah. And, and taking... yeah, and how he uh, reexamines like where he is and what his possibilities are moving forward totally makes sense. Yeah, it takes a personal inventory. Yeah. As one probably ought to do from time to time. As one does. Um, not very many people know this. Uh, uh, September 1st, also start of the fiscal year in the state of Texas. So maybe that's you're right. Yeah. Just, a lot of people just, know that. Yeah. <laughs> I was one of them. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not interesting. It, it just all, happened. It also he didn't, yeah. he didn't Labor go, Day he didn't work that into the lyrics of this song. Yeah, though. no. It's fortunately for all of us. No, he did say this is. So He's this is play his mom his new song. I wonder yeah. if this was was it. <laughs> right. Maybe. Yeah. It's meta. Um, this is this is from Paste. He said. Um, specific to the lyrics in September, he said, I feel like people in creative careers, especially something as dicey as being a musician, you put a lot of pressure on yourself to keep progressing and keep proving yourself to your family and friends and people who are observing you and maybe having doubts. Uh, really, all you can say is, I promise I got this. I'm going to do it. I can do it. So, like, this is, it sounds like if I'm reading between the lines there, in the lyrics to September, he's really saying, for everybody that doubted me, this is just another marker that uh, I'm going to continue to mm -hmm. stick it in your... It's a spite song, sort of. 
I don't know if it's spite. It's like, not. It, it has but it's a more not, but it's a, genial tone than spite. Yeah, for I sure. Know. It's, it's not. Nobody's saying that it's Larry David. But <laughs> yeah. like, so kind of an aside, not necessarily strictly about this song. This is a pandemic record. It is yeah. a pandemic record, and like it's kind of a genre now. Uh, right, like I hadn't thought about Paul that McCartney made one, and it yeah. got really good reviews. I haven't actually yeah. listened to it yet, but like uh, apparently it's like great. Uh, yeah. So we didn't really talk about the the genesis of this. Like, I mean, we mentioned briefly uh, that he's you know part of of Howdy, but um, this is just a collection of stuff that he's kind of been sitting on for a while, and because of the pandemic, you know, they haven't been able to. All of their Couldn't all of their be, shows yeah. were were canceled, and you know he's kind of sitting around. So he thought it was a good time to get into the studio and and put some of this stuff down, or into his mother in law's house. Well, and it sounded like by the time that they got to Mississippi, that he and his wife hadn't seen that their their family, family yeah. in a long time. Yeah. So you know if you're if you're creative and you're chomping at the bit, and you can't go out and play shows, and you've got this material that you that and is 1870 yeah. Steinway. Uh, oh, like yeah. that's just perfect storm. It's a it's yeah, it's a it is it's a stew for this record. Yeah. What's interesting to me is like September was not the first song that I heard off this record and the first song that I heard off this record, I heard it several months ago. And maybe even before the record was actually released, like it popped up on a list somewhere and I just kind of fell in love with it mm -hmm. and I put it on the back burner and that's Winter. Is that song a pep talk? And if so, is it to himself or somebody else? I I think it's a pep talk to himself. All but right. maybe, you know, and well, and of course, then again, you know, like one of the things that he said, one of the pull quotes from the interviews around this, this record was he said, I've always found it therapeutic to weave fictional characters into songs, folding them into my own real or imaginary experiences, which if you're keeping score at home, that's pretty much all experiences, <laughs> fictional and otherwise, <laughs> fictional and and, uh, and not fictional, real and imagined. It's the entire library, exactly, all of the Dewey Decimal System of, yeah. of experiences. Anyway, uh, he says in a statement, usually the character is someone I can help, or maybe they can help me, someone I empathize with and can learn from. I want people to hear the songs and feel comforted or lifted up. That's always my goal. So the so like, I don't know the comfort thing. I feel like is pretty. You know, these songs all, uh, to me, feel like, you know, uh, a flannel shirt that I've had for a while. Yeah, it's like it's comforting. Yes, for sure. Yeah. That's a really great way to put it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's just... Uh, I'm actually wearing a flannel shirt that I've had for a while. Yeah, there you go. Are you are you comforted by it? Totally. <laughs> it's like <laughs> solid. Um, anyway, I you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess uh, I feel like... 
there's a longer thread to pull on Ryan about the idea of the pandemic record as a genre, but I think it's fully a thing. It's oh, yeah. fully a thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I barely scratched the surface of it, but I know that there are hundreds probably. And you know, I don't think about this constantly anymore, but I, but I thought about it on the way over here for whatever, for a few minutes and then it was gone. Um, but I was like, like, the fact that we have been in some sort of degree of pandemic awareness for like, what was what was the tweet I uh, mentioned to you, Mark, the last time I was over here? It's like, congratulations on uh, COVID for getting picked up for a third season. <laughs> like, nice. Yeah, I was like, I feel like we, but like it when you when you when I I think about things like this is a terrible example, but it's like. The one, the parallel that I draw sometimes is like World War or whatever, mm-hmm. or the Civil War or any of that stuff, where it's like it lasts four years, and then a hundred years after the plus after the Civil War, or fifty seventy five years after the Second World War, I think like four years doesn't seem like that long time when you're in it. It, it seems like it's, forever. It's a long yeah. time. Yeah, I will say, uh, you know, analogous to uh, COVID getting picked up for a third season, it is that part of the COVID. TV show where like uh, the ratings are slipping a little bit so they get a cute kid to come in for some reason <laughs> <laughs> like, we're all getting tired of it yeah. <laughs> so they think they can goose it up yeah. like, so, who's the new neighbor <laughs> <laughs> the other part of that that extended thought is that if it is a long I mean if 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 we're all going to be marked for the rest of our lives for it you know, to at least a certain extent by the fact that we've been through this collective experience together like what's the scar tissue on the other end like yeah. you know how like like for the longest time when they talked about like people who grew up during the great depression would never spend money like when they if they right, had right. it they would yeah. still like you know Warren Buffett is like we're just gonna bring sandwiches from home. Yeah, drive like, like a <laughs> like a nineteen eighty five Oldsmobile. Is that a quote? <laughs> Maybe it's the Oracle let's, from Omaha, right there. Gonna bring sandwiches, Buffett, probably. Just, let's just put that on a t shirt. But anyway, um, so so I feel like there will be. I'm. I'll be curious to see what the long term scar is. Yeah. Right. You know. Yeah. Like well, and it'll affect. Different generations differently. Well, I was thinking about kids, like but, they they yeah. kind of did that, uh, you know, with again with the Charlie Brown thing, like Lucy with the football thing about pandemics, like for years, like you know, we'd hear about swine flu, bird flu, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this and that, like every couple there of years. There was a pig thing, right? Pig flu, uh, swine flu. Oh, was, swine was flu. Yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> swine flu is more. Anyway, idea. there were various things that were you know hyped up to be like you know take the world over, and so I I kind of got like callous to it, and I was like, eh, whatever. Yeah. And then nope, it it it's a thing. Yeah, but so. but kind of looping back to this whole idea of pandemic anthems or 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 albums, um, there's been some amazing music coming out uh, the past couple of years, and and. I mean, I don't. I haven't. I haven't actually run the numbers or done any stats on it yet. Sorry, fellas. But I would say that the majority of it is, are like independent, artist-released albums. You're reminding me of something else too, which is the idea that like when, when there tends to be somebody in political office, at least in the United States, uh, that is that represents a contrary way of thinking to most of the artistry set. There tends to be a great outpouring of, of, of like art, good stuff, of yeah. really good yeah. art. Like, 
And I feel like there is something that it's, that's in that same lane about the suffering that we all sort of collectively go through. And then the way that these guys excise those demons is to, is to make it into like, make it into yeah. lemonade. So there was, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of fodder for creativity is kind of what you're saying. I, I, I believe so. A lot of yeah. time too. Like, you know, True. what else are you going to do? True. Yeah. If I'm not dead, I might as well make something. Mm-hmm. Well, shall we take a little break? Uh, cleanse the palate as it were. Yeah, sure. Let's do that. Right. So uh, we haven't recorded in, you know, six weeks or so. It's been a while, but I've been listening to um, lots of various types of music and thinking about, like, whenever it comes my turn again to pick an album, like what I'm what I'm going for. Um, but in thinking about today's selection for uh, a few minutes with, um, I wanted to, to go back in time a little bit. Um, and uh, I've actually picked um, Eddie Grant. Uh, Electric Avenue. Oh yeah, that uh, that would be the one song. Well, um, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's got like a, a minor hit with something else. He's, but he's, and we could talk about it on the other side. But yeah. uh, but he's definitely got a, a pretty strong following. So uh, this is uh, Electric Avenue. Things that I have forgotten about from my childhood, but uh, but like things burned in my brain, like like stepping off of his chair toward the TV and, and it falling fall, into water, falling through the water, yeah, on the floor, yeah. Um, it's like Kevin's course, favorite '80s drummer trope. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah exactly. Why is it and raining the, in there? The two uh, helmeted motorcyclists, which I swear must have, in, you know, uh, must have been an inspiration for Daft Punk at some point. I'm sure the thing, you know, the thing that I find myself wondering when I, when I see that video or hear that song, is it like, I maintain, and this is, maybe this is just me, but I maintain that there are some one hit wonder acts that it's like, you can hear the song and you like, that's all they got. That's, that's the whole, that's the whole thing. It. When we heard that, come on, Eileen, when we yep. covered, when we covered <laughs> that space hog record, I was like, that's it. That's, that's the, the only one that's. That is that guy's gonna yeah. that guy's gonna send his kids to college on that one song, and the rest of it is filler. And I'm not sure I'm not sure whether that's the case with Eddie Grant. Like, well, okay, so he got hired to do the Romancing the Stone. Uh, that's right. A theme song, and he turned it in. And they didn't like it, but he released it as a single anyway. <laughs> and yeah. uh, MTV played it a few times, but it's like just not associated with the movie and it's called romancing the stone uh, so. strange coincidence. so is he jamaican is that uh he is uh guyanan he he was born in british guyana so he's he's uh part british part guyana 
All right. Uh, Guyanese, I guess, is the the. the well, he's got the dreadlocks and, and his vocal delivery is similar, like kind of reggae-ish, but and, the song and, is not. And yeah. most of his other stuff, which you're not familiar with, is, is very true. reggae. Uh, and he he was very uh, very well received in his home of of Britain. Well, his his later in life home of Britain. Yeah. Uh, this song is about. Um, a place nicknamed Electric Avenue in London, which was one of the first uh, streets in the city to to get electric lights. That's where the oh. where the name came yeah. from. Mm. But um, you do got to rock it down but, too. But uh, li- lots of lots of more upscale kind of shops and stuff there. And so the song's a lot about kind of like gentrification. Yeah. Is it like there really? in a way? Well, I mean, yeah. there's yeah. I mean, there's definitely some some political undertones in this you know about um kind of the yeah what you said okay no that's all right that's interesting Uh, i didn't you don't i never this is also another one where it's like the the aesthetic of the song runs a little contrary maybe to what it's uh to what it's trying i mean maybe like well yeah like i've never really thought about the lyrics all that much uh because like it's got motorcycle sounds in it right exactly (laughs) yeah it's just yeah. it's triggering, triggering in that way. Um, so yeah, he um, he started in let's see, uh, 1965. He formed a band called the Equals, and it was actually one of the first, like, first bands to become popular that were interrace in in England. Oh, that's cool. So um, yeah. Uh, so how old is this dude? So he's seventy four, something like that. He was so he would have been like his thirties or something when this came out. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, he would have been. Um, and he's had you know other high charting songs in the UK. Uh, I think the, I think the "Romancing the Stone" here in the US made it to like twenty four or something. Really? Which, I mean, all right. I wouldn't have thought it. No, got that high. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so very interesting, uh, very interesting guy. And like I had already picked this song, um, when I found out about this, but, um, so apparently, um, Grant filed a copyright lawsuit against the, uh, Trump campaign in 2020, um, after this song appeared on a campaign video for for Donald Trump. Um, apparently, uh, it doesn't matter what the what the ad was, but um, Grant's attorney said Eddie stands for peace and justice, and this ad is not consistent with the ideals Eddie has stood for and sung about for years. Uh, the other interesting fact is that uh, very recently, as of last night, uh, this song featured in a Super Bowl commercial. So, oh, is that why it was top of mind? No, it wasn't. You already had it. Like I already selected. had it picked, and, okay, and just happened to to come up in an Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, Everything old is new again. Yeah, you know. Anyway, yeah. Well, here's Eddie. to you. Yeah, to there you Eddie go. Grant. Yeah, and raise a raise may, a may you goblet. May you keep uh, going. Bong. He did release. <laughs> he released. A, he has a new release of 2017. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't listened to it, but uh, yeah. Well, cool. thanks, thanks, Mark, for that yeah. little trip down memory lane. That was fun. Let's uh, let's get back to the matter at hand. Mm-hmm. 
We're talking about the Charlie Martin record, Imaginary People, the um, pandemic LP sort of that uh, came out during the what we hope was the thick of uh, the worst of it. And maybe maybe by the time that you hear this, uh, it'll all be puppies and rainbows. But if, in case it's not, let me tell you a little something else. So uh, the guy from the uh, Kevin Curtin from the Austin Chronicle, the music reviewer there, does a best of uh, list every year. And I'm not going to it's his whole wind up here is a wordy and I'm not going to read you the whole thing, but I'm going to read you a tiny piece of it and then tell you what I think. Uh, he says he says this came out in December. He says my worst quality other than making up voices for other people's pets and putting mayonnaise on everything <laughs> is that I'm compulsively unorganized. Both of my headspace and my terrestrial surroundings are forever cluttered with debris from creative projects, remnants of incomplete investigations and intimidating stacks of unattended responsibilities. I've come to accept that no change of circumstance will quell the disorder for I'm already blessed with many good simplifying elements, lasting love, stable employment, gratifying means of self-expression and none of that has quelled the chaos <laughs> and so he basically uses that as his opening salvo to give you his top 100 list and then of course he put this charlie martin record like kind of in the middle of it i think it comes in somewhere in the 50s but based on what he's told me i just don't think i buy any of it yeah yeah anyway so that all that a roundabout way to say that uh imaginary people did make the austin the, the local austin top 100 List from the from the indie rag uh, reviewers desk, um, but it, it, you know in general, and I'll and I'll hand this off to you guys. But in general, like I think my overarching feeling about this LP is that uh, it does feel that like they, it does feel cohesive. It doesn't feel like a theme record, although there are some general overturn tones that kind of stitch a lot of the songs together. I guess, well, it's probably what half like actually imaginary people songs. Yeah. I mean, they, they, the names, uh, you know, uh, rusty and, uh, what have you. And, uh, flipper. Yes. Uh, <laughs> rusty is a good song. I, yeah. And, and swirl is a great song off this album too. I think. Yeah, well, and I guess you know to to his point with uh, what was it the, the the qualifier of all things real or imagined? Yeah. Um, sometimes those those characters. Sometimes he's talking to himself about possible scenarios, and so anyway, I guess all of the the long and the short of it is, it doesn't sound exactly maybe other than a Howdy record, it doesn't sound like anything else that I have yeah. to me. Um, yeah. It's a warm blanket, but it's a uh, but it's a warm blanket and, and, and uh, an old flannel. Yes, and uh, and uh, and and going back to that contemplative word, at least for me, a contemplative listen. Ryan, were there? Um, I feel like for the for the last track that we listened to out of this, I should let you guys pick. one. I like the song "Courage." Uh, it's not one of the ones that's a person's name, but uh, I mean, could I, be. Um, yeah, could be. Yeah, that's like so. That's like a Johnny Cash <laughs> hippie kid track. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I like that one too. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we wind up? Uh, why don't we see if we can find some courage and just play the tune? Yes, <laughs> I don't think it's that courageous, but okay.
So what's it about? Courage. Oh, that's right. Courage. That's right. Well, I think I actually it's like uh, I'm reading it correctly. It's about like putting yourself out there and like kind of being vulnerable. And, uh, but that dude sure does like walking around. Yeah. He yeah. Said, I was going to say, I was like, he never gets <clears throat> out of the woods. He's just <laughs> constantly out sort of in nature. He likes nature. He does like nature. Anyway, yeah, uh, I like that truck too. And it's like, and they're all, you know, the, um, you guys have noted that the, the, it's a pretty, for as laid back a record as it is, it's, it's very hooky. Yeah, it is. I, that's least true. I it like, was, no, but, he just kind of has a natural knack for pop hooks. Yeah. Uh, and like, uh, I was noticing on that, um, I really like how the record's mixed. Like he like kind of harmonizes with himself a little bit, you know, he's like double tracked or yeah. maybe even triple tracked, but it's not like so obvious. Uh, anyway, doesn't sound like a Maroon yeah. Five record. Uh, not quite. No. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you brought up Elliot Smith earlier in the show, mm-hmm. and I mean, this guy's—he's not Elliot Smith. No, but, but, the, but Elliot Smith's like, like he, a once in a generation genius. I feel like he—he—he he, he definitely fills a little fills a little bit of that Elliot Smith void. Mm-hmm. You know, at least for me, like, like I get kind of the same—I I get kind of the same emotional response to to his songs. Yeah. Oh. You're not going to find somebody who likes this record and thinks Elliot Smith sucks. Like, it's just... Right. You know. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for thanks for spending some time with uh, with uh, Charlie Martin and, and his imaginary people. Uh, what do we got? Who's got the end of the... Who's got the last segment So, here? Ryan has... Uh, I have the new song. Our new song. Which is semi-new. It's not like old, old, like I did that one time with the Parquet Court song or whatever. <laughs> uh, it's a rec- It's a song that has come out definitely since the pandemic began, and it might be just a little bit over a year old, but it's uh, uh, Blinding Lights by The Weeknd, which is... Great song. Uh, yeah. Just blows me away. I mean, he clearly didn't have the budget that Charlie Martin had for his videos. But well, no, I obviously. think he did. I think he did pretty well with what he, he, okay. with what he had. Yeah, still a lot of walking around. Still a lot of walking around. A lot of walking around. Uh, some driving this time. Some facial injury. Yeah, that uh, was an amazing video. It was good. I was really, good. really enjoyed that video. It was, it was very cinematic. entertaining. I didn't uh, know he was Canadian. So we've got the weekend. What Drake? Also, I think there's like one one more that's like kind of big deal right, Canadian right now. But anyway, uh, that's another one of these. And I, I know I sound like a broken record, like uh, that I saw on Saturday Night Live, and I was just instantly just like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah. And by the way, it's got almost 2.8 billion spins on Spotify. That's outstanding. Yeah, a lot. That's that's, that's a lot. 
Like he, I mean, he's probably that's probably it. worth like twenty five dollars. That's what it's gonna, gonna say. Like, yeah, maybe yeah. thirty. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of, it's like, why are there two decimal points in this number? I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, though, man, that synth just fucking slays me. Uh, and it's it strikes me like, had that song come out in like nineteen eighty four, it also would have been a hit. Yeah. Oh sure. Yeah. You know, and it, I guess it just you know child of the 80s like that just you know hits me where i live but uh no it's a it's a it's a fun track and uh i'm just glad he's finally seeing some success well the other the other thing about the uh saturday night live thing uh you know it's the episode that daniel craig uh hosted and it's now a meme uh like every friday at like around five o'clock people on instagram uh pull up Daniel Craig going uh ladies and gentlemen the weekend <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that's great that's great no, yeah. I, th- I think it's inspired. well yeah. and I was thinking about it too and I'm sure that this has been covered to death but it's like if you're you know Ryan you have mentioned a lot over the course of the time that we've done this show that's like one thing that you said that always just stuck with me was the idea that after a while, it doesn't really matter what you call your act. Like, it just becomes your brand. And people don't actually think about the name. What is a Beastie Boy? Yeah, like, a nobody, Smashing like, Pumpkin. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> nobody thinks about that stuff. But but if you're, like, young Canadian The Weeknd, and and you're trying to figure out what to call your act, it's like, what is what is everybody like and look forward to? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Go, it's got good associations. Yeah, it's, so it, it's kind of a it's it's a broader version of calling your band free beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, and slick video. Uh, a little concerned that he's a little too happy about his mouth being messed up. Well, yeah, yeah. But, and that's yeah. the thing when he when he performed on SNL, uh, he had it looked like he had a really bad shaving accident. Uh, he had like a prominent Band-Aid, and, and so I'm not sure what the through line is of that, but it's a thing. Yeah. I'm just, I don't Like, is really... it part, are you saying it's part of the act? Well, it's in the video, the... and like, I think mm-hmm. he performed at the Super Bowl last year. He did, And, and yeah. was also similarly <laughs> knocked around facially. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's hard to be a Super Bowl act. Well, and not a lot of people know this. Um, now... As part of the prep for doing the Super Bowl, they beat you up a little bit. Well, they had the they had the players that, take a whack right? at you. Yeah, that's, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's uh, that's what happened. Uh, Fifty. Fifty. <laughs> I hate it when that happens. That's a here's where, here's where I blow the joke. It's like that's what happened to Fifty. Fifty. Yeah, that's, that's the it's Caucasian. Like Fifty oh. cent. <laughs> Somebody on one of my calls today did did refer to him as Fifty cents. Yeah, that's what Dad would call him. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Um, okay, what's happening next? Uh, next go round. Uh, so I've just received a text back from my buddy uh, Daniel Rich, and I, it looks like he's going to be able to join us. And he's floated a couple of different uh, ideas for records, but uh, very knowledgeable gentleman, uh, funny, and spent like five years in college radio in Houston. So. Okay. Uh, All right. So we'll welcome a special guest. He's going to bring an LP with him. Yeah, uh, we'll put the needle on the record and see what happens. All right, well, it's been a good one, fellas. Uh, Till next go around. I'm Kevin. I'm Ryan. I'm Mark. This is somebody likes it.